everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time for Spawn Daily. We're up to issue number 38. Uh, we are reading all of the issues of the regular Spawn series this year in celebration of Spawn's 30th anniversary and the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. So uh, Rocky and I both were curious about what's going on with Spawn Universe, these new Spawn uh, adjacent titles that Todd McFarlane has launched, uh, but I've never read Spawn. Not, not, you know, all the way through. Read some early issues when I was collecting it, and then I kind of fell off and just never went back to it. Recently, in the last couple of years, it hit 301, which was the most issues of a creator-owned book ever. Broke the record held previously held by Cerebus. And at that time, I was like, man, I, I really need to read Spawn. It's enduring. It's lasted a long time. It's had some great creators, uh, but just never made time. And now it's the 30th anniversary, wanting to read the Spawn Universe stuff and, and have more context for it. We thought it would be a great time to, to dive in. So you guys seem to be enjoying it. That's the plan. Uh, I know that we've missed it one day so far this year. It's okay. By the end of the year, there'll be less than 340 issues of Spawn released. Uh, and there's 365 days in the year. So we can miss a day here or there, and it won't be a big, big deal. But we are trying to read one issue a day and come on and talk about it. So uh, Rocky, hopefully, will be back to join me soon. He's had some uh, health challenges for his daughter, so he hasn't been on for a little while now. But uh, but as I said, hopefully he'll be back soon. Meanwhile, uh, you guys are stuck with me <laughs> talking about these uh, issues solo. So let's go ahead and dive into the issue for today. It's, uh, as I said, spawn number 38. For the first time, we have uh, Tony Daniel on the book. Tony Daniel drawing spawn, and he even does the cover. And uh, last issue, we met the Freak. Uh, who was a new character that sort of interesting, uh, sort of persuasive. Al Simmons saw a lot of himself in the freak and the freak was able to take advantage of that in terms of getting spawn to help him kill ultimately what is probably an innocent man. Uh, this issue is similar in that it doesn't talk a lot about those other plot lines that have been going on for a long time. And I, I talked a little about about it last time about how I hoped that this issue 38 would be a return to some of those, at least checking in on some people. Let's check on, check in on uh, Terry Fitzgerald and his wife, Wanda Blake, the ex-wife of Al Simmons. Let's, let's check in uh, on Sam and Twitch. Let's check in on Wynn and, and the violator slash clown. Um, you know, what are all these different uh, characters up to? And my, my thinking was, you know, at the time, this thing's coming out monthly. Obviously I'm reading it you know, every day. So if I have to wait two or three days before uh, we check in on someone, it's not that big of a deal, but when it's, you know, a serialized story like this and you're waiting months in between, you don't really want to go two or three months before you check in on somebody. If, if it's an important plot line, um, because people are going to forget. So I'm trying to, you know, be objective when I review it and, and keep in mind the context with which it was released. Uh, I will say, that the introduction of the recap paragraph in the front, along with, I think with just McFarlane's realization that he could let the art do more of the heavy lifting and we didn't have to have these pages that were just giant walls of text and these big exposition dumps. And we haven't had that for quite a while. So uh, as you can see, uh, as I mentioned, it is a Tony Daniel cover. It's really cool looking. Got some sort of mad scientist looking guy in the front with a big mustache and some fringy hair. And then behind him, what looks to be I don't know, like uh, just some sort of monster. Almost looks like uh, overt kill in a way, but he's got fangs. Looks like one arm is robotic. So 
uh, we'll dive into the story and we'll we'll see how that all uh, plays out. So with the credits here, we see Todd McFarlane and Julia Simmons are created are credited rather with the story. Tony Daniel on pencils, as I said, Kevin Conrad on inks now rather than than Todd McFarlane. And we've seen special thanks to Kevin Conrad on a lot of previous issues. So now kind of understand what he's doing, maybe inking backgrounds, maybe doing some shading, uh, inker by trade, apparently. Uh, Tom Orzakowski's on letters. We have a, a new colorist for the first time. Uh, all the previous uh, issues had been colored by Steve Olaf. Um, and for the first time, uh, as I said, we uh, we have somebody other than that, which I I have to be honest, I didn't really notice a difference. So I think this Todd Broker does a, a great job, and and perhaps some of it is due to his uh, computer color assist that he gets from Roy Young. Really couldn't say, uh, but anyway, as the story unfolds, we see uh, we see that there's a guard. He's uh, in a guard booth, wondering why this guy's you know driving up to his booth in the middle of the night. Nobody has an appointment, as far as he knows. Uh, he asks for identification. The guy gives him some ID, but it's uh, expired. Um, when he goes to confront the guy, the guy just takes him out, like kills him. I'm pretty brutal. Um, and so that, you know, that was too easy. And then he, he enters this, this house, this mansion again, no context. We're not really sure. Um, we hear that we find out that his name is Chris and we're not, again, we're just completely unsure of, uh, of what he might be up to. Um, all he told the guard was that he, he was coming to see the professor, whoever that might be. Um, the guard said, you know, well, he's not, he's not expecting you. So yeah, what exactly is going on? We're really not sure, but it, it does appear as he starts to wander around the house that there are uh, plenty of cobwebs and plenty of areas of the house that have been neglected. Um, but he comes across, and this is interesting, again, dating the series uh, very much. He comes across a VHS player and some tapes and they're labeled Anna 1975, Anna 1981, Anna 1986. So uh, clearly this guy's on a mission to retrieve some sort of data or researching. So meanwhile, back in the alleys of uh, Spawn's neighborhood, he is searching for uh, the weapons that he stole way back. I think it was like issue six or seven. Um, that he stole from an army, like a secret army supply area. Uh, and we find that he's he's able to find them. He wasn't able to find them previously, but now he is. And he's he's saying that he's ready, ready for his battle with Wynn. You know, the last time we saw him going up against Wynn, he, uh, we thought he'd been taken out by a missile from a helicopter. Uh, and we know that Terry Fitzgerald in Spawn's mind is the one that saved Wynn. And so Spawn feels extremely betrayed by that. He's very angry and... Um, Cogliastro's there and he, he's, he's, he's being very cryptic, very vague, like he often is. He's like, oh, you're preparing for war when you have no right idea who the real enemy is. You're, you're chasing a red herring. And we'll have to see what he means by that uh, in a little bit. Meanwhile, back at the uh, abandoned, what, what appeared to be an abandoned mansion, this man, Chris, is watching some uh, VHS tapes, as I said. Get, we're getting some context for the story. Uh, apparently, this uh, this doctor, Frederick Wilhelm, was born in Geneva, Switzerland. He was very poverty-stricken as a boy. He became a doctor. He was working um, in the service, uh, armed services, I guess, as a doctor. 
he met a nurse that he fell in love with named Anna and um, they eventually got married and, and he was very devoted to her. And after the war, she suffered some uh, miscarriages. And so he, uh, the, the doctor did some studies of her, did, did some uh, tests and whatnot and discovered that she had a very um, rare neurological disorder, which was causing the miscarriages and also causing her health to decline. So he felt like his life would have no meaning if he lost her. So he, he focused on studying neurology and he vowed to save her life or die trying. And he even took his own blood. We see in the bottom right panel there uh, when she needed transfusions to try to save her. Uh, eventually the, uh, the United States, some, some companies learned about his, his research. He was looking into possibly grafting some uh, simian, some kind of simian ape body DNA, something. Um, and so they, they brought him over and uh, he, he demanded that they bring Anna as well. And, and he, was, he would be able to use his, uh, his studies and, and their resources to try to keep her alive but nothing he could do was, was keeping her alive. And uh, basically they set him up in this mansion where he could do his, uh, do his research. And uh, what he learned was that if he grafted on some cybernetic extremities or cybernetic um, parts onto the human body, the human body, the threshold of the human body wasn't strong enough. So he turned to the, the simian research that other divisions at the company have been doing. It's like, okay, if I, if I transfer her brain into the body of a simian, like an ape, basically a monkey, gorilla, whatever, uh, and then add cybernetic implants to that animal body because the, the threshold of a simian is so pain threshold so much higher. And then with the cybernetic enhancements, it's not, it'll live much longer than its natural life and I'll be able to save my wife. So clearly this guy has lost it, right? Like he's, he's, he's lost the plot. He's gone way too far. Um, and he just, he wasn't able to solve the problem in time. And eventually uh, his wife was, was dead. And at that moment he needed to do whatever he needed to do to get the job done. But unfortunately at the moment when it was most important, he suffered a stroke and then the tape ends because the power goes out. So this guy, Chris is like, well, apparently that's what he's looking for. He's looking for this research, the research notes of this doctor. So he uh, he's going to have to go hunting around in the dark, apparently uh, in this mansion. So meanwhile, back in the alley, uh, that cryptic vague um, statement by uh, Cogliostro about, you know, your winds are red herring and you know what you're doing. And Spawn's like, what are you, what are you talking about? You, you know, you've been encouraging me to go after wind and now you're saying don't go after wind. And, uh, and Cagliostro is like, I'm not saying don't go after wind, but your murder doesn't begin or end with him. He ordered it, but you, you need to, you need to find out, you know, who, who was pulling his strings. Who do you think has the real power? And Spawn's like, you don't get it, right? Wynn made Chapel kill me. He gave the order. So Wynn did it. And I'm going to take him out. And that's, you know, that's just the bottom line. Um, so Cogdaster is like, but yeah, but doesn't that seem too convenient, right? Doesn't it seem like there, there could be somebody else behind it? 
And Spawn's like, what are you, you know, what are you getting at? Right. I was recruited by the government because of my, uh, you know, track record in the service to be part of the, um, the secret service. I saved the president's life. Um, and that got me into, to Wynn's outfit. And then he betrayed me. And Kogelos was like, yeah, think about what you're saying. Like consider how much effort and influence it, it takes to, to take you out. Right. And basically what Cogliastro is, is hinting at is the reason Spawn was taken out is because some shadowy power, some um, organization wanted the president dead is, is what he's hinting at. And, and the whole reason that Al Simmons got promoted to his uh, secret service detail, the president's secret service detail is because they wanted a scapegoat. They, they underestimated Al Simmons basically is what they're saying. Right. So they underestimated Al Simmons. He was able to prevent the, the president from being killed. And then at, at that point, Al Simmons was in a lot of ways untouchable, right? Cause he was, he was America's hero. And, you know, if, if he'd been missing uh, or something had happened to him, it would, it would draw too much attention to what, whatever this shadow organization is, you know, this deep state kind of conspiracy sort of organization. So, you know, at that point, they said, okay, how are we going to get rid of them? We'll transfer them to Wynn's, uh, under Wynn's care, you know, into, into Wynn's world, his uh, United States security group. And then eventually there will be a time where we'll, we'll be able to take them out. And Kogelos was like, you know, you do what you want, but you got to see that um, Jason Wynn is just uh, a small piece of a bigger puzzle. And, and you're a puppet if you, and, and you're going to be blowing it. If you just go and uh, take him out, you got to start thinking like a, a free man. Um, and I get Al Simmons frustration, right? He's like, man, all along you've been, you've been um, encouraging me to go take out win. And now I'm ready to do it. And now you're, now you're talking about deep state conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Right. So Al, I'm sure Al Simmons spawns head spinning. He doesn't know what to think. So meanwhile, in the, the mansion, uh, Christopher is uh, this agent, whoever he is, who also doesn't uh, doesn't really mind killing. Apparently, he took out that guard, which I find strange um, to just kill him. But whatever. Uh, he comes across the body of Anna, and it turns out she really is dead, or her body is anyway. But as you can see in, in the art, there, her her brain is being kept alive in like this fluid, and so that was the whole point of what the doctor was doing in trying to keep her alive until he could get the brain transferred to, uh, you know, another, another simian cybernetic simian body uh, or in not another, but into a cybernetic uh, body. So as he opens the door and sees this horrific scene before him uh, with Anna, just, you know, having rotted away, which is just really creepy. Um, the power goes back on and the, the tape starts back up and he, the doctor's talking about worried about being eaten and how um, Anna must be protected because this thing that he's hinting at hasn't been uh, fed in a long time. Weeks have passed and he's really worried. So uh, the power then goes out again and Christopher's like, man, not again. He still hasn't found the research. So he goes poking around a little more. And he, he thinks, oh, this has to be it. It's the last room that I haven't opened. I haven't looked in. And when he opens it up, yeah, it's all chained up. 
Um, but we can see it pretty, looks pretty ferocious there from Tony Daniel. It's that, that same creature that we saw on the cover. You see the one cybernetic arm, you see the fangs, you see the red eyes. It's definitely some sort of cybernetic ape. Uh, and we're told for the first time in three weeks, the ape eats fresh meat. So it sounds like Chris did not survive the encounter. Meanwhile, Spawn goes to check on Grandma Blake and apologizes for not coming to see her sooner. He talks about being busy. And uh, she says, well, you know, I'm grateful that you come and visit me, at, you know, anytime that you do. Um, and Spawn's there to sort of um, to, to be comforted by her in a lot of ways. Like, you know, she's happy to have Al there. She thinks he's an angel um, and she's happy that she gets to talk to her, um, her beloved grandson. But she she does. I don't think she realizes that Spawn's getting as you know much from her as uh, she is from him, if not more. Um, and she's reminding him that he was a true hero. I mean, he feels so used, you know, from what Cogliostro said about being put in that spot to protect the president because they were expecting him to fail. And the only reason he wasn't killed sooner is because he was, he was sort of untouchable. And, uh, grandma's talking about how, um, she's been talking to Wanda and Wanda mentioned that, that a demon came and, and tried to tell her it was Al and you know obviously we know it was Al um and Grandma Blake said you got to try to protect them protect them from this creature her, her and Terry were both attacked by this creature they're both scared so you got to try to help them you got to keep that evil man away from them so it's, it's so interesting she's talking about Spawn she's talking about Al Simmons himself and he says you know I'm trying and uh she says okay well come along then I, and she gets up from her chair she says I, I want to show you a picture of their little girl so um, it, it's, it very much seems like Spawn is lost at this point. He he doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, he, he, he went with the freak. He saw the freak get revenge. And he's talked about how that focused him and he was ready to go get his revenge. And that led him to hunting down the guns that he had previously misplaced, that he had stolen from the, the U.S. Army military weapons depot and was ready to just go take out Wynn. And then, you know, finally, when he feels like he has some agency and he has some control and he's going to go take out Wynn, and here comes Cogliostro, like, sowing doubt and distrust. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, you wonder about the organization that Cogliostro is a part of because we've been told that it, it doesn't have allegiance to heaven or hell. It's, but I wouldn't go so far as to say it's neutral. It hasn't picked a side, but I think it's on its own side. Um, but again, that's just speculation because we don't have a, enough information. As far as the art, um, I mean, it's pretty strong art from Tony Daniel. I do feel like he uses a little bit of uh, of a finer line than I'm used to him using. And it, it definitely looks, you know, a little McFarlane-esque. But similar to what we saw with Greg Capullo's art when Greg was first on the book, it's not... Um, that the anatomy is not as exaggerated as you might normally see it. Uh, and I almost think at times the line weights are too fine. Um, like if we look here at this page where we see Anna for the first time, um, like the little texture on her nurse's outfit or whatnot, it, 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 it doesn't look quite strong enough for me. It, it, the line weights are just, a, and I like fine lines, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the line weights um, it pulled me out of the story a little bit and, and the backgrounds are light as well. A lot of shadows, even back here in this, it's just a gray wall. Um, I know I'm nitpicking. I think for the most part, the art is strong. 
and the storytelling is really, really good, as are the facial expressions. Um, I think this is probably the earliest work of Tony Daniel that I, that I can recall seeing. Um, and I think he's gotten better with, with time. And also some of this might be his anchor, Kevin Conrad, just based on the style that, uh, that previous Spanishes have had. And perhaps that's what Kevin Conrad is, is trying to emulate. So overall, the art is strong. Like, like I said about the, the colors by, um, by Todd Broker, I don't really notice a difference between these colors and the colors that Steve Olaf was putting down. Uh, the color work is very strong. Uh, again, we did have that recap paragraph summing up Spawn 37 uh, on the inside. We didn't get a lot of exposition here. We certainly didn't get any dialogue dumps. So good job by Todd McFarlane. Don't know how the breakdown went between him and Julia Simmons, who scripted or whatnot, but overall an interesting issue. Uh, but other than checking in a tiny bit on Grandma Blake and knowing that Spawn's conflicted, you know, we still didn't get anything on Terry or Wanda, but certainly a step in the right direction. Uh, but I, I really hope we see them next issue to kind of give us a, a status quo of, of where those two are at. So, uh, but like I said, if, it definitely feels like Al Simmons is is lost right now. Doesn't know if he's coming or going. Doesn't know if he should take out win or not take out win. Like in my mind, just take out win, whatever Cagliostro says, you know, whatever he take out win. And then if there's people, um, if there's people above him that were making, uh, you know, giving the orders or making win take out Al Simmons, whatever, then you cross that bridge when it, when it comes to it, right? Like take out win and let it be known that you're the one that took him out, you know, that spawn took him out. And, and if he has allies that are worried that that win might've said something before he died, they'll come after you. And then you get them that way. So I don't know, like in my mind, justice needs to be served. If I'm Al Simmons, I, that's definitely the path I take. So uh, anyway, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, in the next issue, issue number 39. So uh, tune in for that one tomorrow. Uh, appreciate you guys listening as always. Don't forget if you're uh, checking us out on the audio only podcast, we really appreciate that. But don't forget to head over to YouTube, go to the Comic Boom uh, YouTube channel that Rocky hosts on there. It's Comic Space Boom exclamation point subscribe to the channel ring the notification bell so you know when new content comes out like this video you can check out our dc spotlights on uh every tuesday on there as well i really appreciate that uh if you're checking us out on youtube and you've never gone and listened to any of the audio only content we do encourage you to do that we have tons of back matter tons of interviews with creators that we've done uh, and more to come we just uh, recently had a jeremy adams interview Earlier this week, we had Christopher Priest. So there's a lot of great content there uh, on the, on the audio-only channel. So just uh, head over to your favorite podcasting application on your smart device or your favorite podcasting platform, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is. Uh, do a search for the comic source and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the content. So we really appreciate you guys joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. 
All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.